0: A lot of folks are touting this as a historic day here in Illinois, and it may ultimately prove to be. Whether for good or otherwise, it might be too soon to know. But earlier this afternoon, the Illinois Senate approved green energy legislation that, among other things, will really get the state out of burning coal to generate electricity, which is going to mean a big shift in what springfield's city water light and power does and joining us now to talk more about what this means for the utility and for ratepayers here in springfield is doug brown chief utilities engineer at city water light and power doug thanks for taking the time this afternoon yeah. Hi, Jim. How are you? Well, I, I want to start by uh, asking, because we talked to you about this several times last week, and up to Thursday morning, you were uh, describing the potential effects of this legislation as, quote, devastating on local ratepayers. By Friday, City Water, Light & Power was neutral on the legislation. And I know there's been some confusion about what exactly the bill does and doesn't do, but as it stands right now, the bill that's headed to Governor J.B. Pritzker's desk that he's expected to sign, what is the uh, the impact for the and for ratepayers in Springfield.
1: Yeah, you know, our biggest concern out of the bill, you know, where we were really apprehensive about it uh, the, and the direction it was going was basically, you know, it looked like Unit you know, 4 could be limited in capacity, um, you know, specifically to where it, it, it would be very difficult to run the unit and basically force it to close before our, essentially our bonds would be paid off, right? Our bonds are paid off in 2040 which is about $36 million a year in debt service. And, uh, you know, what we want to be able to do is, is to have a smoother transition. So in 2040, when our bonds are paid off, that those revenues that we you know are getting from ratepayers, we could shift that to another resource starting in 2040, you know, and then, and then transitioning to that other resource by 2045 when we uh, would be forced to retire Unit 4. So the clarifications that we've gotten uh, from both the House and the Senate, essentially, was that uh, we can use total emissions uh, from from the units at the, the Dalman uh, facility, the Dalman plant, and that's important um, to be treated the same, basically, as you know, as Prairie State, and you know, for their units, uh, for their facility, this is the same kind of method. And uh, and,
0: and the total you know, emissions will be based on where they were back a couple of years ago, correct? Twenty eighteen to twenty twenty that's correct it's okay. the
1: average of the 3 years
0: okay uh, and and, uh, and so that includes units that are no longer operating but were in operation back then
1: that's that is correct yes 31 and 32 that just retired uh, 33 will retire here eventually and then uh, we'll just be left with unit four uh, for that. So so and, any you know,
0: I, w- w- uh, let, let me just ask you to clarify on that. D- any <laughs> idea d- to what extent the, the shutdown of 31 and 32 already and then eventually 33, how close does that get you to the 45 percent reduction in emissions that you have to have in place by the year 2035? Does, that, I mean, does it get you all the way there? Are you already it's, in compliance once those three units are, are all deactivated? Yeah, it's very close.
1: Um, it, it really depends upon, you know, what the maximum capacity of Unit 4 produces. Um, it'll be set at a limit, you know, that's based on that 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 average for those three years. So, they, it, Unit 4 will have a slight limit to it um, based upon, you know, there's some years that we, you know, there's been a lot of years that we were under that limit. There's going to be some years that we might be a little bit over it. Um, so, you know, the, but, it, but the, what it allows, though, is that from 2038 essentially to – to uh, or 2035 to essentially 2045, we're going to still be able to operate the unit um, and get you know basically most of the full value out of it that it, that would be needed. And uh, where you know if you look at the rest of the state, uh, the investor-owned coal-fired power plants are all off to close by 2030. Um, some of the gas plants are going to have to be limited and starting to retire in 2030 to 2045. So there's going to be a huge change in the reliability of the electrical grid in the state of Illinois, and you know I think we feel fortunate enough to have that additional time to uh, you know to have better plans and and a less of an impact to our customers.
0: One of the concerns that you had raised about this legislation was what it would do to the price of coal while you can still get coal and can still use it to to burn to generate electricity. What's your sense now based upon this? And as you said other coal contracts are going to be going away and the plants that that burn that coal will be shutting down in, in less than a decade a lot of them uh, is coal going to still be available will coal companies still sell it to you and at what price and what will that mean for local rates
1: well you, you know for the the Illinois plants that are going to be uh, shutting down basically shut down in 2030 those plants are already basically buying western coal so they're not they're not buying coal from the state of Illinois uh, you know, it's Prairie State. They have their own mine, of course, and we're buying from uh, the, the mine that's up north here, um, you know, in, in Elkhart, the Viper Mine. And uh, you know, we'll still be able to, to run Unit Four basically close to you know that you know max capacity, to where it's not going to be impacted, um, you know, as much. Then at that point, if we were if we were buying only fifty percent of the coal. And that's that's that would be devastating to the mine, which would have closed it. So that was why we it was so important to uh, not be impacted in that manner. So that way we can keep you know, enough coal being uh, uh, bought from the mine to where they can stay in service and we don't have to buy coal from, uh, you know, four or five hours away.
0: Uh, what how long does our current contract with Viper run? How long are we in that deal with them?
1: It's, uh, let's
0: see, here. I think it's 2045 is the date. Okay, so um, it, I can we, remember. the contract is, is for that long. So right. we're pretty well locked in at those prices then for that entire time? Correct.
1: Okay. Yes, there's defined prices um, that are that are in the contract.
0: Let's talk about reliability of the grid. I know this has been another big concern for you as we take these coal-fired plants offline. And uh, whatever you say about the environmental impact, they, they work. You know, we know that the lights come on when you hit the switch here in Springfield. How concerned should we be and should other central Illinois customers of, of other utilities or co-ops, et cetera, how concerned should people be that whether it's 2030 or 2035 or 2045, that the lights might not come on when you hit the switch?
1: I, you know I, I you know even though we went neutral on the bill, I still am concerned about the reliability of the electric grid and uh, because we all know renewables uh, you know can't replace baseload units like that and uh, until the technologies you know developed um that's I think it's gonna be critical that you know basically legislators in the future you know maybe it's five years or ten years they look at coal um and fossil fuels in general, uh, to make sure that uh, you know they're not they're, they're they're still making the right decision. So what I mean by that is just like the carbon capture project that we're doing um, with the University of Illinois, the pilot test. We're going to continue to do that because we believe that in the long run um, we're going to be able to show that that technology can be proven uh, to to make you know coal basically a, a reliable resource in the future. And I think that, uh, you know, the reliability of the grid is going to demand, um, the, you know, those those fossil fuel resources be available. Uh, you know, and now if there's other technology that comes along that that, uh, that uh, can do better, like such as burning hydrogen, I'm all for it. We'll, we'll choose the right path. Um, you know, that's what these, the utilities have done, you know, really to date is, uh, you know, kind of the history of the utility, as for that matter, is uh, always uh, trying to figure out what's the best way to – you know, produce reliable, affordable power, but yet still be protective of the environment as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I, we, we want to talk more about carbon capture, probably do that at a different time, because that's a, a complex subject uh, on its own here. But to uh, to the extent that um, whatever you, you find out from this, uh, you, you will still have to reduce your consumption of coal, your use of coal, and look to other uh, fuel sources to generate electricity. How much is it going to cost ratepayers to essentially retrofit our operation to do that? Whether, it, you know, I know you're working on a solar farm or it's Hydrogen or it's more wind or it's something else uh, is there any sense as to what rate payers can expect for the cost of transitioning over to newer greener technology in the future?
1: well no not really because I'll tell you I'll give you an example um you know I mean we're, we're in the middle of an RFP right now request for proposals and you know we're reaching out to solar companies and you know the the prices are increasing um, out there, and, and we've talked to other entities that are, you know, experiencing the same, the same thing. So this push for renewables as mandates um, is, is, is starting to have an effect on renewable prices. They're, you know, everybody was saying, oh, renewables will go down, um, and we're not seeing that. We're seeing the opposite happen right now. And I think that's going to continue into the future. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think we're going to see a, a decrease. I think we're going to see increases because of scarcity pricing um, for those products, not only for the materials but for land, um, for resources. You know, even labor. Um, I think you're going to see those kinds of issues. Uh, you know, keep moving that price uh, moving up and, and not down. So I think it will cost you know ratepayers you know, across the country more. Uh, as these mandates are forced, instead of just letting economics happen like they what they already were
0: uh let's talk about Dolman 33 which of course has been offline for a couple of months now you had a breakdown you've been evaluating it but knowing it's got to be offline anyway and knowing that uh, you've got to wean yourself from coal-fired uh, generation capacity uh, are, are you still planning to to get this repaired and restarted or is it time to just walk away from it and just just figure out how we get through the next 24 years with the with Dolman 4
1: well, you know, we're we're still working with GE on uh, up some proposals, trying to figure out the different options. They're presenting a couple different options to us. So, um, you know, hopefully, we're hoping maybe by next week uh, we can have something to the uh, the mayor and the city council and, and discuss what those options are. Um, the uh, you know, it is it, it, we have to consider basically what the costs are. And what the risks are, and uh, you know what what the what the short term pricing is versus what what it, what, is, what it will be, you know, next next spring, next summer, um, because natural gas prices play a big part in that, and you can't predict on um, where the prices for the you know the market's going to be. Unfortunately, it's not consistent as much anymore uh, with you know basically what we can expect uh, the, the a range of prices to be at. So it's a little bit harder to justify spending too much money um, on on repairing a unit that's just going to be retired in within two years. So, um, you know, but we'll play that all out um, here uh, relatively soon, um, realizing you know the the ramifications of that.
0: What what impact does this have on your ability to use natural gas? I, I know that you, you obviously use coal, but natural gas is also part of the process here. Will this put limitations on that, and how does that impact electric generation in the years to come?
1: Well, for us, basically, natural gas usage would have to stop in 2045 for our interstate gas turbine because it is, it is basically 130 megawatts, and there's a limit of 25 megawatts. Uh, on fossil fuel units, so at that point in time too, we'd have to, you know, to basically transition to smaller gas turbine units that are 25 megawatts or less, um, which we can do. Uh, it just unfortunately, though, they, you know, that they, that they, they, it wasn't really understood as much that uh, those units are a little bit less efficient than larger units, um, and they're more costly as well. Um, so it's a, it's unfortunate that that viewpoint was kind of taken on that, but, um, you know, there's always going to be a demand for peaking units, something that can turn on in an instant, you know, as uh, load increases in the middle of a hot afternoon. And, uh, you know, you have all your, maybe all your solar, you know, power that's available, that's on. And, uh, you know, those gas powered units are used so infrequently. That's what, that's the, that's the, that's the essential lifeline of the electrical grid you know, in those very, very, very times of need.
0: Doug Brown is the chief utilities engineer at City Water, Light and Power. And Doug, one last question. As you noted, uh, some of the uh, costs on renewables are already going up as the market recognizes there's going to be a a huge demand, particularly here here in Illinois. Maybe other states will follow suit. So is that uh, an incentive for CWLP to move more quickly and to try to uh, transition to some of these other options, uh, perhaps even earlier than, than 2045? How rapidly might we see more use of solar or wind or some of this other technology.
1: Well, you're definitely going to see something from us, you know, soon on recommending something to the city council uh, for solar. I think, um, you know, we, we're already looking at some options for maybe like 100 megawatts of solar. It did, the, the, the issue, or not the issue, the the uh, the positive viewpoint of solar for that point is that it fits very nicely with Unit Four and our gas turbines. On what our load profile is for the for you know for the city, and what our generation uh, mix should be, and uh, it it, uh, it allows us basically to cover more of our peak our peak generation timeframes with a with a resource like that, and uh, so I, I, I would say probably within a few years we would be bringing
0: something like that into our portfolio. Doug Brown, City Water, Light, and Power, thanks so much for putting this in in some perspective for us.